Hello, pod people and our fatuous female lackeys. It's Dennis here. I wanted to acknowledge that we were having some audio issues with this episode of the Hostile Work Environment, and it's not up to our usual high standards for audio quality. We have got that fixed, and next week's episode will be crystal clear. If you have problems hearing this one, we do apologize, but what do you expect from a couple of halfwits, really? In any event, we still think this is a listenable episode, so we're going to post it, and we'll be back next week with a completely new episode of your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, Mark. Yo. What's the last place our listeners should go to for legal advice? HWEpodcast.com. Because there is no legal advice it there. It just doesn't exist None. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile work environment. Well, hey, Mark. How's it going? It's going really well. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I am great, though there's something a little weird I want to let you know about. Yeah, what? So, remember Anne from last week? Oh, yeah. She was awesome. She never left. What? Hi, Anne. Hi. Whoa, (laughs) Anne. So, uh, Anne Fromholz has been hanging on the line for a week. Good God. Don't you have, like, a day job? No, I actually don't. No. Well, she did say she was our number one fan last week, so oh, she's that's just true. been listening to uh, last week's episode over and over again, waiting for us to come back on the line. Wow. Well, I've also been um, stalking you on social media. Good. Cool. I've been drawing pictures of both of you. <laughs> okay. okay. A little less healthy, but okay. <laughs> I may be on an episode of Criminal Minds soon, and when they come into my... Um, room, which is actually in Dennis's basement, and um, they will see it plastered with pictures of you and like pieces of uh, of yarn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just warning you, it's a little weird. We're all about weird. <laughs> yeah, if, if our listeners haven't figured that out yet, you know. Yeah, it's a little yeah. late now, yeah. Yeah, put this away, go listen to My American Life or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Listen to NPR. Uh, Listen to NPR. (laughs) So, actually, Anne, it's good that you're back because today's um, topic is something that I understand you might have a little bit of uh, familiarity with. So, and and we were, you know, last week we got a little heavy. (laughs) We talked like all lawyery. Oh, all Um, lawyery. Not not that that's a problem. and, And we've heard everybody says that's great, but we wanted to mix it up. And this week, just have a really fun episode. And Anne is really fun and has lots of funny stories. So really good that she decided to hang out for the last week. So Dennis, you want to reveal nature of today's episode? Yeah. So a something that like all lawyers know about and probably no one else in the world. And that's a great thing is what's known as the summer associate program. It is a unique feature of our profession. And the basic idea of it is law firms will hire law students to come in for 10 to 12 weeks during the summer and work in the law firm. And it is a recruiting tool. It's also a way to get to know prospective employment candidates and make sure that they're not complete jackasses. 
but you know it's a legal profession so well relatively right. not complete jackasses and there's a little feature of the summer associate program where law firms might give a slightly false impression of what life as a lawyer is going to be later on and i think you have a yeah. A, a, a humorous anecdote around that. Well, I have I have what it is called in some circles a joke. Actually. A joke. Oh, oh well, yes. we don't do, do that. We don't. No, no, we don't do those here. Okay, so this guy dies. You see. Okay, it's a good way to start. It's a great way to start every joke. Um, this guy dies, and he's given a choice as to whether he wants to go to heaven or to hell. I didn't know that this was a feature of death, but for this guy, evidently it was. Uh, And so he's like, hey, I'll check him out. So first he goes to heaven and it's, you know, it's nice. It's, it's pretty. There are fluffy clouds and harps and, you know, the nice fresh fruit and all the things you'd expect in heaven. Um, Nice people running around, all of that. And he's like, oh, that looks, looks good. A little, little boring, honestly, but, but good, and I'm not so big on heart music, but whatever. So then he goes to check out hell, and it is one big party. I mean, there, the wine is flowing. There's big, huge pools. I mean, imagine you're at Caesar's Palace <laughs> all the time. Okay. And, you know, there's even the naked pools. It's it's all good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't been to Caesar's Palace Just in a while. Just as an aside, when I worked at Caesar's Palace, my boss and the... HR VP's offices overlooked the naked pools. Just a little tidbit for you. But back to our guy. Back to our guy who's dead. Uh, I, I think just, we have our next episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> back to our dead guy. So he's che- checking yeah, out guy. hell, and he's like, "This is awesome. I I don't even know why people would ever choose heaven. This is amazing." So he goes back to whoever it is, the functionary that he he's supposed to tell. What is St. Peter? You think it's, I, th- I thought St. Peter was only in heaven. I think this is some like midway guy. Oh, okay. It's like Albert Sorry. Brooks, right? So. Okay. I like Albert. Yeah, he goes to Albert Brooks and he says, you know what? I've checked them both out. I've decided on hell. And Albert Brooks is like, okay, that's what you decided. So our, our uh, protagonist, our hero goes to hell and now he's there forever. He can't change his mind. And it's fiery pits and people screaming and melting and, you know, no good food, only deep fried hot dogs and awfulness all around. And he's like, what on earth is this? And they're like, he's like, I thought it was like a big party. I thought this was all fun. And they said to him, no, that was just our summer associate program. Oh, God. <laughs> so funny because it's, it's true. So true that that's exactly how it works at many of the big firms and this is especially true 20 years ago uh it's less so now but they would put so much money and energy to attract top talent to their summer oh, programs yeah. that it would basically be just a party all summer with not a whole lot of work getting done yeah uh, and then they'd come back after that, and they'd be expected to work, and it would be a total down after they graduated from law school and started working there for real. But there was a point to that big party, and it wasn't just to sucker the law students in. It was an opportunity to let the law student who's going to ass out eventually ass out that summer so that you could weed them out early and know this isn't who we want. 
And that leads to some really awesome summer associate stories that we're going to share with the listeners. Dennis, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is ass out a legal term? Um, it's in Black's <laughs> Law Dictionary. I have it one word or two dictionary, words. So I, it, it's, it's hyphenated. It's ass That's hyphen out. out. I see. And it refers to the act of behaving badly in such a way as to exclude yourself from future employment opportunities. I've met people who've done that. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think we that's all the have. the whole point of the episode. Um, <laughs> before we get started into to those stories, to, so did you both summer? I did. I did, yes. Any Anything out of the ordinary? Well, Not at my firm. My firm, it was a lovely experience. Actually, We got meaningful legal work. We had a relatively small summer class. It was a small firm. Everybody was nice and collegial and cordial, and nobody asked out. I summered, I'll even say the name of the firm. I summered at a big Los Angeles-based firm called Shepard, Mullen, Richter, and Hampton. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah, yes. great firm. Uh, I got terrific work. I met great people, many of whom I know to this day. Uh, I don't remember anything story-worthy happening um, or story for this podcast-worthy happening. I got terrific legal work, and in fact, I got to sit in on a very big federal trial, uh, a patent infringement trial between Honeywell and Linton for almost my entire summer. And take oh, wow. it was really cool. Take notes and send them back to the client every day. So I saw a trial. I got client interaction. I mean, wow. better than that. It was actual work. Yeah, no, that's a good and sometimes rare experience. Indeed. Wow. So I uh, I summered at a big New York firm uh, called Proskauer Rose, uh, but I had the interesting experience of summering at a satellite office in Newark, New Jersey. So we could look out the window and see the main office right across the Hudson River, um, but you would it. it, it there was a, a a couple of differences between the two summer programs. So while yeah, so while the um, while while the associates in the New York office were going to the Tonys, um, and they took the entire class of like seventy summers to the Tonys every year. Wow. Um, we were going to Newark Bears games. Newark Bears. Yes, an independent minor league um, that for a very short time uh, featured a very aging Ricky Henderson as one of the players of Newark Bears, but. It, it wasn't exactly something to write home about. But what was something to write home about was we had our own separate summer program just for the Newark Summer Associates. Yeah. And one of the features of that was um, well, one of the things that North Jersey is really, I think, well known for is the awesome hot dog. Um, and there are just these crazy hot dog places all over. Um, and one of the most storied and famous ones, a place called Rutt's Hut. I believe it's in Clifton, New Jersey. And, uh, they feature, um, very large, uh, deep fried hot dogs. Um, and so deep fried hot dogs. Yeah. Delicious. Um, is that like a corn dog or is that no, like, just, just take the hot dog, fry it, like put it in the, yeah. Is the bun fried? No, no, just on. So it's the way the cooking, it, you know, it's like a flash fry. I mean, I, they don't oh. put it in there for too long. I think it may be already be pre-cooked. I'm not, I don't know the menu or the, the, the recipe per se. What's that, Anne? I said that sounds dreadful. It sounds awful. Uh, well, do, I, do you I, bread I, it first at all? No, it's just you a hot dog. You just dunk a hot dog in oil. Yeah, why not? 
Why not? That's my understanding. That's not how you eat a hot dog. Exactly. Thank you, Anne. Well, let 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 let's move on from 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 that particular part of the story. But the Anne, remember, nuke the revolt. Yes, so sorry. But the revolting part of this was that it eventually uh, morphed into an annual summer associate hot dog eating contest. Um, it, we did not force anybody to participate, but was highly encouraged. And uh, this was my unique uh, summer associate experience where we would one day every summer um, for the years that followed, even when I was uh, an associate there for a few years, um, we would go and stuff our faces with hot dogs. Wow. Um, so that's the difference between you can go to the Tony's and the clam bake at a partner's house up in Greenwich, Connecticut, or you can go to Clifton, New Jersey and have a hot dog eat test. There so, beer at least. Um, I don't think we served beer at that. I think mm. it was, I mean, maybe I don't recall. It's it was 15 years ago. I don't know wow. the, the particulars, but so, yeah. So, do you guys have nicknames? <laughs> like for I don't know, just Charlie. I don't need to know them. I just want to. Do you have nicknames? I've had many over the years. Yeah. So I don't you know that there's nicknames that people call me. Or you realize that the best nicknames are not ones that you come up with yourself. Right. Right. But the ones that someone else comes up with for you. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Right. And so I now am going to call Mark Joey Chestnut. Mm. Oh, not I Kobayashi. Think that's good. I can't be Kobayashi. No. Not Joey Chestnut. Kobayashi. Call Ann. Thank you. All right, you call me Joey. I like it. <laughs> I did eat ten once. Well, I mean, you're you're. By the way, you're no. I couldn't different. do that now. Yeah, he he ate seventy two. Yes, these were much bigger than a Nathan's hot dog. Just to say, like the uh, the, yeah. the Rutz hot dog and the Nathan's dog are not a one to one equivalent, but it still doesn't come close to seventy two. Wow. Yeah. I so I, I don't think I could choke that. down one. Well, fried as, as a vegetarian well there is that there's a component of that that kind of disqualifies you all right so fair enough let's move on from rut's hut uh so none of us asked out at our summer associate programs but i think we have stories of people who did yeah uh <laughs> we, we haven't really uh discussed this who wants to go first should we be nice and let the guest go first? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that's nice, but sure. Well, I'm going to go first. We'll be mean and have the guest go first. <laughs> yeah. um, have you done the, this is not suitable for work or for your children or your particularly sensitive um, siblings or significant others? I Consider think we just now. did. Okay. Okay. Well, I went with friends. So when I was working at Shepherd Mullen, a great firm, uh, may I say again, I went with friends who were working at a different firm. So this has nothing to do with Shepherd Mullen. Um, to a summer, an unofficial summer associate event for their... The fact that it was not official. Yes, the, the best this kind. Not, this was not sanctioned by this very, very well-regarded, enormously huge Los Angeles firm. Uh, but nonetheless, lots of people attended. Two of my friends were, not surprisingly, the organizers of it. And it was a, a non-sanctioned summer associate event to a place called the 7969 Club, <laughs> which was on, I, I, my impression is it was different things on different days. And on this particular day that we went, it was an S&M club in Hollywood. 
Wow. Yeah. I love where this is going. <laughs> the only time I've been to an S and M club, um, and I actually witnessed um, somebody who was like the gimp with the bag. <laughs> yep, on the side of the um, stage, just sitting there. This was not a person who was affiliated in any way with the group I went with. It was just some other person who evidently it was probably it. a summer associate from another firm. <laughs> Likely, most likely, not Shepard Mullen, but not Shepard Mullen. Be clear, a, a, a less reputable firm. Shepard Mullen people were out to a nice dinner, and I also witnessed with. So I was with my friends when I witnessed all of this with the people from this firm and the summer associates. We went to the special back room, and um, where you could see what was happening on the stage. And evidently, people signed up to go on the stage to do these things and they would go they were they would go in pairs. Is this and an open mic night at, at a comedy club? You you put your name on a list and they call you up? Yes. That's it. Wow. So one person would be on the rack. Yeah. In <laughs> underwear. And the other person would be doing what appeared to be exceptionally painful things to them, like whipping them with various objects. Or the one that looked most awful to me was a woman who was on the rack. Um, with her back to us and the other the, her partner whoever it was had lit candles between oh. their fingers and was flicking hot wax, hot wax onto the person's back and i you could see their their skin flinch um so that was super informative uh, <laughs> and also during that time a friend of mine um because he had lost a bet now he was famous my two friends who organized this were famous for making bets with women where no matter what, which way it came out, they were the winner. So they'd find a woman they found attractive and they'd say, I'll bet you X, I'll bet you dinner that such and such. And so whoever won or lost, they went out to dinner with them. It's kind of genius. Um, this not one, bad. Not, bad. not bad, right? They were, not, they're, they're bright guys. Um, in this case, my friend, made a bet. I don't know what it was, but the end result of it was he wore a dog collar to this event and was led around by a summer associate. <laughs> yes. Oh God. And we An learned comfortable summer associate or yeah. like, I, she looked to be enjoying the experience. Um, and I am further, uh, my, my belief that she enjoyed the experience is, uh, Further supported by the fact that she, he, and another summer associate ended up in a threesome later that night. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I clearly went the wrong firm as a summer associate. <laughs> this was not, not the firm I worked at. No, I'm not saying I want to go to Shepard Mullen. I was like, I clearly went to the wrong firm. So um, that's my that's my my S and M club story. I more <laughs> that's- Unbelievable. That's pretty good. That that ranks right up there. So But but did anybody get in trouble? Where I mean, did you ever yeah. hear afterwards? Like did any of these folks, um as as Dennis would put it, did any of them ask out and get not invited back, or do we not have that level of detail here about what happened well, the next day? Other than knowing that three of them left to go to a private party. Right. Um, what I do know is one of the organizers ends up make partner. The other ended up um, going in, ha- was very successful at the firm and went in-house at an entertainment company. 
Um, I don't. <laughs> what kind of are we surprised? Not a not a an adult entertainment company. But but Weinstein and company? No 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 no. <laughs> no. One that has not actually made any bad news recently. Oh good. Uh, yes, and I don't know what the summer associates what happened to them, but I imagine if the guys who organized this remained successful, the summer associates were equally successful. Wow, mm-hmm. good for them. Yeah. So Anne, yes. Besides having an entertainment component to podcast, we do have an educational mission. So let me ask you this. Would you recommend to any of our listeners that they should organize recruiting functions around or at S&M clubs? Um, I'd have to think about that for a minute, and the answer would be never. Never. (laughs) Never. Yeah. Just because this one did not end terribly doesn't mean that yours won't end terribly you who are listening to this podcast and thinking that's a great idea. No, it ended up terribly. The fact that it was unofficial quotes uh, doesn't really change anything. It was associates from the law firm saying, hey, summer associates, come along. Um, and so if someone were to have brought a harassment claim, the firm would be on the hook for that. Totally. And I would bet there are... If you ran that scenario a hundred times, you would end up with 75 lawsuits, 24 nothings, and one three-way. Yours just ended up being the one <laughs> lucky one. Let me be clear. I did not participate. Oh, no, 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 I didn't no. mean we to imply. Not, we were not. Sorry. Dennis was not implying that. Just in case somebody came into the podcast in the middle. A little later, yeah. Yeah. Good, Fair enough. Good clarification. Thank you. <laughs> uh, wow. Dennis. My turn. Yeah, go for it. So, I'm going to do like you, Anne. I'm not going to tell my firm's embarrassing summer associate story, because my firm had none. Uh, my firm, uh, since we're all naming names, was Honka Torp. It's a firm in Portland. They're love people whose summer associate program is completely untainted by ass hattery. Not so for another firm in town. Ooh. So, as, you know, we've talked about before, we're located here in beautiful, sunny Portland, Oregon. And Portland, Oregon is known as being one of the least racially diverse major metropolitan areas in the United States. Law firms in Portland, much like we learned about Google in the last episode, law firms in Portland do a lot to try to encourage and increase diversity amongst the lawyers that they, that they have. And one of the ways that they do that is by trying to recruit diverse candidates to join their summer associate programs. So one of our law firms in town was very, very, very excited to have an African-American from Harvard Law School apply to be a summer associate. And they were so overjoyed at the opportunity to have this candidate that they didn't bother things that you would normally expect when you're going to be hiring somebody, such as an interview or oh, just, they just checking references or reviewing a resume. Of, they just they just got a cover letter, got a cover letter, and a resume. a resume that said he was at Harvard Law School and gave this guy an offer. So this guy shows up in the summer and joins the summer program with you know twenty thirty other summer associates, all of whom go to law schools. After a few weeks, the lawyers at firm began to know something about this guy. And that was that he didn't really seem to know the slightest thing about the law. 
Oh, at least it was a summer program where they actually did something law-related? Yeah. Since, you know, like, you no know, booze and S&M clubs, they were actually, you know, given meaningful work to do. And this one summer clerk really seemed to have a problem grasping things like, you know, what's a summary judgment motion? Or, <laughs> you know, what is a complaint? Or you want me to attend a depot-what-zition? So... That raised a lot of red flags, and it caused somebody to reach out to another firm who happened to have another summer associate from Harvard Law School. Oh. And said, do you know this guy? What's up with him? And they were like, I've never heard of the guy. All right, but Harvard... Has plenty. Harvard's I mean, a big every, law you don't school. Know everybody who goes Harvard's to a big law you. school. You might. I'm. I went to a big law school. I didn't know everybody in my class. Sure. So that raised a bit of a question, a bit of a red flag, but not enough. They let the guy, you know, continue trying to to do some work, but it became again increasingly and you know obvious that this guy did not actually have much of a grasp of the basic concepts of the legal system. To the point that somebody finally reached out to Harvard and said, what's with this guy? To which Harvard responded, what guy? <laughs> he doesn't go to school here. Nice. So basically this guy who is my hero, I want to be absolutely clear. Yeah. I think this is the greatest guy on the planet. Scammed a law firm in town into paying him for most of the summer, even though he was not even a law student. He just pulled resume fraud and probably understood that Portland firms were so excited to have a diverse candidate join them for the summer that they wouldn't bother to check his references. And wow. So smart. Like, that's so aware of a system that maybe he wasn't even part of. Yeah, he was not that. He was not a law student, he had no connection to the firm whatsoever. A word processing capabilities to create a resume. Yeah. Nice. I think he's a genius. They should have hired him, but they didn't. They fired him. They should have <laughs> hired him for their marketing department at the very least. Right. Totally. But, you know, the resume fraud thing ended up being a black mark on his record. Um, I think they should have given him a scholarship and sent him to law school. But totally. Portland being the small legal community that it is, it did not take long for word of that story to spread to every lawyer in town. So now we all, at least those of my generation, all knew it. So I'm going to ask you the same question that you asked Anne. Yeah. Is there an employment law lesson in this story? There is totally an yeah. employment law lesson in this story. Check resumes. <laughs> and when a candidate looks too good to be true... Maybe they are. And maybe you should check resumes and references and do so for every. Dennis, should just, you only you know. do check resumes and, and degree checks for the black guy? No, I think no. you should probably do that for everyone. Everybody. Just checking. Just checking. Good check, and, but no. And then Com what you do is you take that story, you turn it into a successful TV drama yeah. called Suits, and you hire a woman who then become is going to become a princess in England. I mean... It's, yes. it's just surefire success. Hey, that sounds like a good plan. I've actually okay. never watched Suits. Is that the premise? Yeah, the premise is there's a kid who gets hired, and he says he went to Harvard Law School, but he never did. Oh. 
and he practices law, and he's actually really good, but he's always terrified that his secret's going to come out, and I only watch a few of them, so I don't really know how it turns out. Same guy. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check that out. But he's a white guy, and the the managing partner of the firm is a black woman. That's maybe the only difference. So. Huh. We got it up from reality slightly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So, Mark, I think it's your turn. Yeah. All right. So this is this is an epic story. Does it involve hot dogs? Because no, I think we oh, I think God. we covered all the hot dogs for this episode, except for the fact that you keep bringing them up. Um. So when I was working after summer associate time was up, I and everybody in the entire New York metropolitan area in the legal industry, the story about a summer associate event that went wrong, and. I remember a version of this story that was told to me, but we all had no way to really confirm it at the time. So this had kind of been passed down through, through, you know, kind of from ear to ear to ear, like, and it you was know, like I, before the internet, right? Bef- well, sort of, <laughs> not really, but sort of, um, but there was no independent verification. So I heard a version of this story that was close enough but not exactly the same as what it actually was. But now, uh, you know, 13 years later, um, with the power of the internet, I just typed in a Google search. Yeah. That basically just the basic terms of the story and found no fewer than like 50 articles. Whoa. about it. So, uh, here it is. I'm just going to read what I found online um, because the accounts of what actually happened are better than even my memory of it. Oh. My memory of the story that I heard. Go for it. So this this comes from a blog post um, from July of 2005. So we're, we're going back in time here. The other night, hundreds of New York summer associates, including myself, were at a very snooty charity benefit at Pier 60 at Chelsea Piers in Manhattan, put on by a bunch of law firms. Drinks were served in abundance, and it was only a matter of time before some summer associate with a low tolerance made an egregious social faux pas in front of the partner firm. What actually placed was better than any of us could have hoped for. In a drunken stupor, a girl from Leary Gottlieb, that's a big, big firm, hmm. suggested to those standing around her that they all go for a swim. Keep in mind that this was at a restaurant with the deck sitting over the Hudson River. And that once off the deck, it was 500 feet back to shore in pretty rough swells of very polluted water. I mean, oh for God, those of you yeah. who aren't New Yorks, you don't go swimming in the Hudson River. No. It's, it's, That's like between Manhattan and Newark, where Mark was eating hot dogs. You don't right, want to go there. Right. It's three-eyed fish kind yeah. of river. So, yeah. blinky kind of river. Yeah. So, everyone around her looked as if she was joking or crazy. Despite the fact that nobody was willing to join her, she took off her shoes and dress and jumped half-naked into the river, causing, as you can imagine, widespread panic amongst everyone <laughs> oh at the party. The Coast Guard was called in immediately, and apparently she was arrested. One can only wonder if that sort of behavior, that is the sort of behavior that might prevent one from getting an offer at the end of the summer. Now, here's a second account that t- gives a little more about what happened after she went into the water. Yeah. I did indeed see this live and in color. The girl apparently handed her clothes to someone. I actually missed her stripping down and jumped in. I saw her as she entered the water and she didn't appear to be worried at all. She was doing the backstroke, side stroke, all strokes. The guy who was holding her clothes was much older, looked about the age partner, what it's worth. 
The funniest part is the actions of the staff at the party. About four of them began throwing buoys to the girl, saying, Come on, me, take a donut. She obviously refused, as she was thoroughly enjoying her swim. Shen made the inlet harbor, was a ways away. Man, this girl kick. It was like she auditioned for the 2012 Olympics in New York City with her strong crawl. But she tired, so she just hung out for a while longer while the staff played a game of who could get the life buoy closest to her. I went inside to relay the news, and when I came back out, a police boat was there with a huge spotlight. That was the last I saw of the girl, conscious. I later saw a figure on a stretcher being put into an ambulance. I assume it was her. Oh my god. I have no idea where the girl's from, but she was late of the night at the sanctuary for the family. This was the end of the end. Um, so when I heard this story, yeah, I heard most of that accurate, but I heard that it was on a circle line boat and she was out in the middle of the river and they, they had to get her back onto the boat. Oh. That was where the, the story had But she was actually on the pier. She was actually on the pier and never actually out into the deepest parts of the river. But even so, four or 500 feet out into the river... That's far in yeah. Hudson River currents because it's right next to the ocean. I mean, it's and it's, it's flowing totally in and out. Nasty. It's totally disgusting. But the story does not end here. Oh, do tell more. There's a postscript. Oh, and it's a story of redemption. <gasps> so here's a post, uh, a report from the New York Post, and this was just a couple of years ago, uh, and it, it it reveals her name, which is now a very much a matter of public record. So her name is Claire. Sarah Vondrich, at the time that this article came out, she was 36, was taking a business phone call standing in front of Williamsburg Coffee Shop on 3rd Street at 1 p.m. Uh, when a teen uh, approached with two, with two pals. The 13-year-old, whose name is being withheld by the Post because he's a minor, allegedly put her from behind, knocking her to the ground. He ripped the phone from her hand and fed, uh, said uh, Vondrich and police, police sources. Now, throughout all of this, I should mention that um, you want to find out more of her the name that they used on the Above the Law blog, which is where I found most of this information, is uh, Aqua Girl. Aqua. So when you see okay. Aqua Girl, when you read Aqua Girl, that's the nickname. We were talking about the name. That's the name that stuck for Ms. Rich. Uh, so Aqua Girl's press extends the land. We'll see. Here's what happened next. Where a pair of thick wedges and a sundress, Vondrich chased after him. Hot on the kid's heels, she pleaded with him to give the cell phone back. I was screaming the whole time, get that kid, Vondrich recalled. I finally said, I'll give you $200 for that. Just stop. Vondrich said the teen appeared to be out of shape and handed off the phone to his more nimble pal who ran off. The nimble pal might have escaped for now, but the original alleged phone grabber wasn't so lucky. Here's how the five block chase ended. The Wonder Woman, I guess that's another name for Aqua Girl, grabbed hold <laughs> of the teen at South 6th Street and Wythe Avenue, wrapping her arms around his chest and pinning him against a car. Vondrich, who works in advertising, held for two minutes before cops arrived. The was cuffed and taken to the precinct station house, where he was expected to be charged with grand larceny. Sources. Moral of the story, you can't come back from scandal. On reports of mutual friends, we understand that Aqua Girl today is sober, happy, healthy, and heroic. Congratulations to Clara Vondrich on her personal and professional success and on her new career in crime fighting. Now, the article goes on, I didn't copy this to read, um, that she had left the practice of law and gone into advertising. Huh. Um, so that, that'll tell you what, how her legal career went, maybe. But yeah. um, she didn't seem too unhappy about having left the, her legal career. Wow. Um, though one uh, other report I saw was a little more critical of her uh, and said maybe she should have some mercy on these kids given her past history. <laughs> Uh, maybe so. So that is my epic story that I remember uh, from my time uh, practicing in the New York City wow. area. And now we know 
the rest of the story. And now we know the rest of the story. Well, thanks, Mark. And thanks, Anne. So, Mark, Anne and I gave some lessons on um, what to learn from bad summer associate behavior. What can girl teach us? Oh, there's so many things you can learn from this. But I think number one is keep your clothes on and stay on dry land. Those are That's good advice. Um... <laughs> It sounds like Aqua Girl, you know, could have gotten seriously injured in this. I'm curious. Would that have been a workout claim? Because, I mean, I could imagine, and I don't mean to be morbid, but she, she could have drowned out there. She could have, you know, caught Ebola or God knows what's in the Hudson River. Um, I, I guess the question would come down to whether this was closely enough tied to work. Advent that often yeah. all sorts, and I am not an expert on worst comp by any stretch. Nor but, am I. But it, it's to me a close call. Yeah. And you have any thoughts? Well, all I know about workers comp off premises is that there used to be a lot of questions about whether people had to sign something when they were going to go play in the lawyer's softball league about whether they got hurt. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so I'm thinking that if it's a work related event and someone gets hurt there, there's at least the possibility of a workers comp claim. If she said I had to be there for work, I was expected to be there as part of my job. Well, if she was hurt, law firms go want it to be a workers comp claim because then it's well, yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I, but as far as we know, she wasn't. So all all is good, right? And I I think a lot of the same advice that we had from prior episodes, just about holiday parties and serving alcohol and all of that, completely applies right, here. It all applies here to events like this. Yeah. Now I don't remember. I am your number one fan, as you know, but I do not remember that you've had a particular episode about keeping your clothes on. That is not a topic that we've had to address yet, but I think um, it may be added to the list of upcoming topics. Right, and and if any of you listeners out there have stories about workplace occurrences where people appropriately or inappropriately removed their clothing, um, let us know at yes, stories, stories at com. Those would be ones I would read on the podcast for certain. Oh my, yes. Or dressed inappropriately, even. Yes. I mean, that's a further extension. Oh, yeah. That, that I'm, I imagine there's going to be more of those kinds of stories. I about. have some of those. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. One of mine involves a current um, administration official. Indeed. <laughs> well, I think we're going to have to have <laughs> in soon. I'm yeah. just angling to be on this show all the time. <laughs> You're just dangling out there, aren't you? I am. Well, hopefully we have sufficiently embarrassed the legal profession. It's always good to turn the microscope back on yourself. Oh, God, bit. totally. We are far from a perfect profession. That's her. Um, well, thanks, Anne. Thanks for hanging out for a full week. We really appreciate it. It's been great having you on. Thanks for letting me raid your fridge and use your shower. That has been cool. Anytime. Yep. Anytime. All righty. <laughs> and with that, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Mark, this podcast is breaking our bank accounts. How do our listeners help support us? They can go help us by supporting our Patreon campaign at www.patreon.com slash HWE. That's HWE for Hostile Work Environment. Yeah. Dennis, what is that money going to go to help us with? Besides our beer fund, which is the lion's share, it also goes to support our webpage, the production costs, 
cover the cost of this wonderful microphone that we're recording on and allow us to keep bringing you this brilliantly wonderful, entertaining and informative podcast. And we appreciate it. And we're back. So a big thanks to Anne Fromholtz, who's been our guest now for two episodes. Yeah, she's, she still doesn't seem totally tired of us. Yeah, and still thinks she's our number one fan. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed her as much as we did. Yeah. She's funny. She's brilliant. And I'm sure we'll have her back. I can't imagine not having her back yeah. after that. So. so we've spent an entire episode telling stories. So we're going to spare you any more stories for this episode. But Mark, what if people have stories for us? Yeah, we're actually really low on listener submitted Ooh, stories right now. Not good, so, not good. Uh, we'd really like for you to send some to us. All of you talk about, I get lots of emails saying, I have lots of stories or people Tell on LinkedIn. Them. But then I don't, they don't send them to us. Well, so so please send us stories at stories at hwepodcast.com. And we still have awesome swag. We'll have that for the entire month of January. So if you want to get a really cool hostile work environment, hostile work environment mug from which you can drink your coffee and show your friends and coworkers that you contribute to a hostile work environment with Mark and Dennis, <laughs> go to teespring.com. That's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com slash H-W-E mug. And we'll put a link to that up on the webpage, as well as a link to the unbelievably awesome hostile work environment t-shirt designed by yours truly i have to add and you can find that at teespring.com slash h-w-e-t-e-e and then finally if um getting swag is not your way to support the hostile work environment you can always go to the patreon page that we have set up and support us that way it's um www.patreon.com/hwe and Dennis took down the weird russian video that was on there yeah so maybe it won't be quite so off-putting anymore maybe not <laughs> We need and to record a new video. We've got to figure out there. something else to put on there, but yeah. yeah, maybe a little less weird. I don't know. Less weird than that? I I don't well, know how well, that could be. Yeah. No. Anyway, <laughs> thanks to everybody who has supported us on Patreon. Yep. And to everybody who has left us reviews on iTunes. We, Thank you so much. We'd love more. Yeah. We know more people are listening than the number of reviews we've gotten. So, And also, please tell your friends and your colleagues and your coworkers and your frenemies and your enemies and your, your family members to listen. Um, we know that that's one of the ways that people have found our podcast, and we're really grateful whenever you spread the word about the hostile work environment. So thanks to everybody who's done that. And for those that haven't, please do. Yeah, we need to spread the hostile work environment to more people. And on that note, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again in a week. Bye. Bye.